It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, and I'm just going to be silent. I got, I got, I got a special treat for you. I got a special treat. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had guests in studio, and I couldn't be more excited when I found out that the blues legend, let me, let me just set it up, the blues legend, <laughs> the man who toured with Buddy Guy, he toured with B.B. King, toured with the Allman Brothers, and I said, it can't be you, and it was Larry McRae, the Blues legend, welcome to the ESPN 101.7, the team studios. God bless you, brother. Mike, how you doing this morning? Oh, man, I feel so good. Let's talk about the journey because you're going to bless us with some of your music here shortly, but let's talk about the journey. You start in Arkansas. Yes, sir. That's, that's where it all starts. Tell the listener how you received that first guitar in your hands. Well, I was just a young boy raised up in a... Very rural country town called Smackover, <laughs> Arkansas. And when a lot of people ask me, they say, well, where are you from? And I tell them Smackover, Arkansas. Well, nobody never heard of it. I mean, it's just a little dot. It's not even on the map, probably. But I've met one person in my travel over the last 40 years that knew where, the, where that particular place was, you know. But um, I come from a, a working family, a musical family, my grandmother, my father, my big sister, all were musicians before me, and my big sister's 17 years my elder, put the guitar into my hand. Mm. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, my sister, my sister Clara, I never would have played a note had it not been for her. So you get the musical instrument, and do you start just playing it, or do you start thinking to yourself, I'm really going to learn this instrument? Was it, was it fun at first, or has it always been fun? Well, it it was something that, you know, really I didn't know that I had an interest in it until um, I got a chance to sit in with it. Now, my big sister was a musician in Arkansas, and she played a lot uh, in Camden, Arkansas, near Little Rock, you know, all Stevens, Arkansas, Magnolia, all in the area where we play, where I live. But like I said, she was uh, 17 years my elder, so I wasn't old enough to go and see her play out. But when they would have rehearsal at the house, she played gospel music also. So as a little kid, I would just watch her and be amazed because I, I loved it so much. I loved the instrument so much. So in the summer of 71, I got a chance to leave Arkansas and go and live with her for the summer. I thought it was for the summer and end up uh, before it was time for me to come back to Arkansas. My mother told her, don't send me home, keep in there, and that the family was uprooting in moving to Michigan. So I, I finished uh, I finished elementary school in Arkansas. Okay. I moved to Michigan, 
And, um, you know, I, I took up, you know, school there, but I lived with my sister. She had the guitars and everything right there in the house, so I got a chance to be around it, touch it. And when, when nobody around, I would sneak and get her guitar and try to play it. And that was the only thing that was in the house that was sacred. You know, we, we, she had three kids. I'm their uncle, but she was like a mother to me. And I was like a, a, a brother to my nieces and nephews. So we all knew don't touch that. And she caught me one day. But when she found out that I had respect for the instrument, instead of, you know, getting, getting in trouble, she started, you know, trying to teach me. Because she knew I was sincere and I wanted to learn. Mm, Larry McRae's our guest. ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Mike Adams 2.0 is the name of the show. You can listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, you get to Michigan. Mm-hmm. You're getting a little older now. Mm-hmm. So when do you start saying, okay, I'm pretty good at this? Well, I did my first paying gig uh, in 77. When I was 17 years old, so I I I played for about five or six years before I was good enough to and not embarrassed to play in front of people. You know, Mike jumped over something I wanted to ask about. What's uh, that very first song that you learned to play? It was Jimmy Reed. It was Jimmy Reed. You don't have to go. Mm. Uh huh. So that's what inspired you. Give us a little sound of that. Whoa, baby. You don't have to go Oh baby You don't have to go I'm gonna pack my bags Down the road I'm gonna go mm. You know so Something like that So you know that um came to be that terminology when you want that style of blues it became known to me as the lump you know i um i played my blues and stuff a lot around michigan with two of my other brothers my brother steve on drum my brother carl on bass and uh in 86 i got a chance to uh play the chicago blues festival for the first time uh, it was the third annual chicago blues festival with uh Deceased artist no longer with us, Lazy Lester. But Lester was the uh, first artist, you know, real artist that I got a chance to work with and play with, and he took us to Chicago in 86. So, you know, upon doing that, you know, I got a chance to, once I got acclimated to Chicago, met the musician, and that was that lingo. When they when you want Jimmy Reed, you say, hey, give me a lump in whatever, key. give me a lump in E, that means that beat right there, that's called a lump, lumpy mm-hmm. lump. And so, you know, I... I learned that. Um, I just was blessed to meet uh, several of the people that that I did. Uh, Like I said, I went to Chicago with uh, Lazy Lester. And for those uh, who don't know Lester, he was the author of uh, Sugar Coated Love, which the uh, fabulous Thunderbirds did later on life. Uh, uh, I Hear You Knocking. Uh, 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 um, What was... um, I'm I'm trying to think. uh, Lester's other song... uh, Sugar-coated love. Y'all to see my baby, the girl so doggone fine. She loved me in the morning and every night, and she's always on my mind. She got sugar-coated love. You know, so um, I just was blessed, man, to meet a, a, a lot of the people that I was early on in my career like that. And the reason I ever got into the blues, I don't know why. I was raised in rural Arkansas. That music just 
put something in my soul. I was just a little bit of kid, but I loved it. And that's what made me gravitate to that music and want to play it. Larry McRae's our guest. And if you are amazed right now, uh, I don't blame you. So, so Larry, are we. Yeah, so Larry, buddy guy. Like, yes, you, you think guitar, and buddy guy just comes to legendary status. Tell, right. me, tell me how you come across buddy. Well, as I told you before, I, I went to Chicago, played in Chicago the first time in 86. Right. So it was a couple years after that. Buddy Guy was the first uh, owner of the popular blues club in Chicago called the Checkerboard, where the Stones and everybody else who came to Chicago, they went to the Checkerboard because they wanted the real deal and they wanted to play and be around Buddy and Junior, we- Junior Wells. Well, Buddy went on the road in... I guess it must have been 87 or 88. And while he was gone, the story goes that his manager of the club, the lease came up, and the manager, instead of telling Buddy, you know, that it's time to redo the heat, the, the manager signed the lease and took the club from him. So mm-hmm. when that happened, that forced Buddy to come up with his own thing, and he come up with uh, Buddy Guy's Legends, and Legends opened in 89. And I've been going and working that club ever since 1989. Wow. Uh-huh. What an incredible journey, Micah. You think about, he goes from Arkansas to Michigan to the Blues Fest in Chicago, right? Then gets an opportunity to play in Buddy Guy's Legends Theater, which was incredible at the time because all the greats are going to Legends. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. the greats. When you're... Mastering an art like this, like we talk about boxing and MMA all the time here on Mike Adams 2.0. You're constantly practicing, evolving, and then there's the point when you're a great like you are, where you really get it, you grasp it, and you feel that moment. What age, when was that when you were like, I understand my style, what I'm doing with this guitar, and I can do whatever I want with it? Well, I I still don't know if I'm there, (laughs) but you know... um I, I don't know. I used to I used to cry at night, and I would wake up in the middle of the night crying. And my people, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, well, what's wrong, baby, and everything, and you know, tried to comfort me and make sure that everything was good. I didn't know what the what was wrong. Looking back at that now, as an adult, looking back, I think the blues was calling me, man, because I mean, you know, I I don't I didn't want nothing wrong with me. Or anything like that, but something inside me emotionally would wake me up in the middle of the night and put me to, you know, put me in, in that situation. So even right now, uh, if I think about something hard enough, you know, I really can become emotional over a situation, whatever it is, be it the loss of a friend or sometimes the blues make you happy. But, you know, the music make you feel all different kind of things. And like I said, the blues set a fire inside my soul, you know, from a very young age. And I I think that's what the problem was. So I knew I loved the blues when I was just a little bit more than a baby, you know? Incredible journey of Larry McRae. He's our guest in studio, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now, what's that one arena or one stadium that you walked into and you were like, wait a minute? Wait a minute. Where am I playing right now? Where was that one awe moment for you? That awe moment was uh, for me, um, okay, in 1991. 
I went to Europe for the first time. So as I told you before, I started playing clubs in 1977. So by the time 1991 rolled around, I was a 31-year-old man, had been playing, you know, had 14 years of road experience. I got a chance to go to Europe and be the support band for the late, great Gary Moore. So when I heard Gary Moore play that guitar for the first time and when I found myself in his arena playing before Gary Moore, man, that was like, you know, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Is this really me? You know, I had to pinch myself and and really, you know, it, I, it, oh, find myself awake, you know, in this situation. So I got a chance to do uh, 65 dates with Gary all through Europe. We went through uh, UK. We went through Belgium. We went through um, if, 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 all, all over Europe. We went through Holland. We went through uh, Finland. Uh, I can't, you know, that's been 30, 30 some years ago now. Sure. I can't remember everywhere that we went. But wherever he went, we followed him. I was there for almost seven months touring with him around. And so when it come time to go, Gary gave me a 1957 gold top Stratocaster. It was a limited edition. It was one of uh, 500. It was only 500 of these guitars made. And he gave it to me. He, it, and on the back, it had a plate. It said, from Gary to Larry. June 1991, and I still have that guitar right now wow. today. And I had, like I said, you know, I had uh, played on a local level, but I'd never been on a big stage like that, like where the places that he took us. And um, it just was life-changing. I mean, that was my first experience, and everything else has to compare to that from, now, from then on, you know, in my mind. You know, that was the biggest and the first one. So you talk about going to Belgium, Holland. Right now, can you take us back to Arkansas? Can you sing the song Arkansas? Arkansas. Can you take us back? I can I can go to Arkansas a little bit. You know, this this thing here, the acoustic guitar is quite different than playing with a band, you know, because you have support and stuff like that. But I can give the people a good G- example of yeah, it. Yeah, give us an example. All right. in Arkansas Come up feeding hogs and bailing strong Song fields in mid-July It's hot enough to make you fry Way down south from Saginaw Hey, I was born in Arkansas Big sister came from Arkansas And she left me with this old guitar The whole family would gather around we would sing our songs until the sun went down. I like barbecue with my coleslaw. Hey, way back home in Arkansas. Take me back, take me back, 
Take me back to Arkansas. Take me back, take me back, take me back to Arkansas. Take me back, take me back, take me back to Arkansas. Take me back, take me back, take me back to Arkansas. Unbelievable. Mike, I asked him to take us to Arkansas. He took us to Arkansas. I feel like I'm right there. I can smell it. I can feel the humidity. We're back in Arkansas. It's hot enough to make you fry. (laughs) Unbelievable. But I know y'all know about that out here in Albuquerque. (laughs) Oh, Are you enjoying your time in Albuquerque? I know you played here with BB. You've been here about five or six times, right? Yes, sir. And and every time you come, it's those beautiful mountains? I love it out here, man. I absolutely love it. And I talked to a friend of mine this morning back home that um, he's a dentist, but he's also a bass player. And he spent time out here. Now he, oh, you in Albuquerque? I love Albuquerque, you know. So I mean, it's 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 always an honor and a uh, pleasure to come to the West and to see the mountains and all that kind of stuff. And the mountains have a um, a healing effect, also, oh, for sure. if you know how to receive, you know, receive the gift and and have the appreciation. I I love it here. Unbelievable rendition of Arkansas. So when when you come back from Gary Moore. And and you on those big city tours, and you're really starting to feel, hey, this is pretty this is pretty amazing right now. When you come back to the states, what happens next? Where's the journey lead you from there? Well, when I was touring with Gary Moore at that time, he had a song called "Still Got the Blues," still got the blues for you, and he also was uh, uh, doing a popular cover of Albert King's song uh, "Oh Pretty Woman." Well, also included in that package was the late, great Albert Collins. And they did a, a song by Albert called Too Tired. So, I mean, Albert King and Albert Collins were two of my heroes. So I got a chance to hang out and meet both of them and got a chance to know them and knew the both of them up until the time they passed after that. So, you know, that was the first door opening, you know, to get to meet Gary, hear Gary, to play and open up for him to meet Albert Collin and meet Albert King and hang out with them. So them were memories that, you know, money can't, can't buy. No, for sure. Not when you're around legendary status. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, sir. Of, of who you were hanging out with. So when I got home from that tour, I was always a big uh, friend of, uh, a big fan of uh, Albert King and Albert Collins. But when I, went, when I went on the tour, I was playing a Fender Stratocaster. Gary was using a Les Paul, which was a Gibson guitar, which is very different from Fender. It's got a bigger, beefier sound. So when I got home, I, my, my, to me, my little Strat sounded puny up, <laughs> up against his sound. So when I got home, I got looking. I didn't want to have the same guitar that everybody else had. So I went to the music store, and there hung a beautiful Flying V tobacco brown Gibson guitar Flying V. I bought that Flying V, and as a tribute to Albert King, I have played the Flying V my whole career. Wow. And so, you know, that, that's what led me to the Flying V. You know, I wanted to change, change my style a little bit, change what I was playing, but I didn't want to be what, you know, or play what everybody else was playing at the time, which was 335 or Stratocaster. So, you know, that gave me a little bit of identity, but, you know, of course, everybody would say, well, you— trying to be like Albert. No, I wasn't paying trying to be like him. I just loved his music, and that was my tribute 
to him to say, hey, I love you enough that I really want to be like you. You know, it was, uh, you know. Yeah, honoring him. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So so what's it like? You get a call. How does this work, right, in, in your world of music? You get, mm-hmm. a, you get a call from BB or you get a call from the Allman Brothers. How does it work? When, when you start touring at that level, mm-hmm. how does it work? Your manager's working everything out or they just call you on the phone and say, Hey, we're hitting the road. Your plane tickets are already at the at the at the airport. I'll see you in this city. How does that work? Well, actually, um, because of my club work and because things were growing, you know, you you stay out there long enough. Your popularity, if if the people like you, your popularity grows a little bit. So uh, they they knew who I was as a club artist. And so um, my manager at the time was very friends, good friends with Bert Holman, who was the manager of the Allman Brothers. And he said, hey, you know, how about getting my boy on these tours and let him open up some uh, shows for you guys? And they came to an agreement. So once they agreed on that, you know, they worked out the the terms. And me and my little guys, we jumped in the van and we we took off, you know. (laughs) You're growing as this musician. You start off at 17 years old, smaller clubs, and you start growing on tour, these huge artists going around the world. What, what's the emotional, what's the feelings like when you're seeing these audiences growing, and how are you able to handle that as a performer? Well, um, I think due to my raising, the way that um, my parents um, raised us guys, I was born in 1960. So I was in rural Arkansas, in 1960. So I saw a lot of things happening that uh, I'm very lucky to have seen because it gave me a deeper appreciation for when things work out. You know, I went through uh, school integration, busing. I was uh, three years old when JFK was assassinated. I was eight years old when Martin Luther King passed away. And I just have seen so many historic uh, moments. My sister was in Detroit in 1970 during the race riots. And I have seen so many things what, um, you know, what um, misunderstanding, um, ignorance, and things like that can bring and how poison it could be. But my mother and them always taught us, you know, two things. Never be too proud to do what you have to do. Always show your appreciation and always work hard at something if you want to have that thing. So, I mean, with them three things in my background and knowing what, you know, it took to make it, I mean, I was I, when I was in Arkansas, before I left, I went to, you know, everything was segregated. But, you know, the, the schools came together in 1968, right after Martin passed. So they bust all of the high school kids from the black school over to the white school. All the elementary kids from the white school came to our school, what I was going at the time. And, you know, it was a very tense moment at that time, you know, for everything going on. But my parents always told, told us, you don't, you, 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 you got to have your own opinion. And I learned from a long time ago, you don't judge a man according to the, the, the length of his hair the color of his skin, but by what type of relationship that you develop on your own. So, I mean, you know, I would, at this time, 
I made a lot of friends when the white kids came over to the our school and vice versa. The kids didn't have no problem with each other, you know, just like politics is today. People don't have a problem with people, and people don't have problem with people around the world. You know, the poor men fight the rich man wars. They don't send their kids to war. They send us, you know. And so it just taught me, one, you know, taught me not to be judgmental and not to judge people for the wrong reason. I would see my friends at, at school and everything would be great. If we saw each other on the weekend, we couldn't speak to each other if we saw each other in the grocery store. But we would make that eye contact like that. And, and you know, we, we you know, I stayed with my parents. They stayed with their mom and daddy. When we got back to school on Monday, I saw you at your store. Yeah, I saw you too. And, you know, it, it, that's just what time it was, man. So I come from a lot of adversities. But they always taught us to take the good and to leave the bad. And that's that's how I try to live my life. Larry McRae's our guest. He's live in studio. ESPN 101.7, the team. Mike Adams 2.0. You can catch us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We're on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. So it's just I, I'm, I, I get excited with people's journeys. I do because – it's led you into this great song you just came out with. I, I, how old is this song? I've been singing all day. Breaking news. I breaking mean, news. when when did you when did you write and perform breaking news? Well, I wrote breaking news uh, during the uh, pandemic. Okay, and uh, I had been on the road. Uh, this when was the pandemic? Twenty one, twenty. Yep. Twenty twenty one, twenty two. So in twenty twenty. I went on the road in 1989. So I had been on the road almost, what is that, 30, That's 32, 33 years yeah. at the time? Yeah. And uh, that was the first time in them many years that I had that long to sit at home and to not have to worry about being anywhere and to really sit still and let my mind clear to be able to, to write songs. So I started writing in 20. In 21 or whatever it was, artist uh, Joe Bonamassa mm. contacted me. We spoke on the phone, and he said, hey, let's make a record. And I was like, yeah, let's make a record. And so that's really been, uh, beside Gary Moore, that's been the biggest game changer in my career, you know, is to become friends with Joe and to really have um, firsthand contact with Joe Bonamassa and his right-hand man, Mr. Josh Smith which I knew Josh when he was a kid. Josh was playing the same circuits that I was playing, so I met him when he was about 13 years old. So 30 years later, you know, Josh had already had a successful career. I struggled for a long time, you know, to be heard after the initial days because sometimes management and different things like that can take you down bad roads that you don't really control as an artist. But now that things have changed, you know, the last two, three years have really been promising and i feel like i got new life out here at 64 years old have you seen every city in the u.s not every city but have you been to all 50 states oh definitely all 50 states and all the major cities for sure incredible can you can you can you play breaking news for us i can give them an example can you give a, just give them a little taste of breaking news and it would be different with the whole band absolutely <laughs> this this is mike are you having fun yet are you guys having fun? Let us know on the Instagram, Mike Adams 2.0, because I'm having fun.
price of bread keep rising Toilet paper can't be found The only cities that are growing Are the California Shanty Town is in turmoil Fighting from the left and right The future keeps on getting darker And I can't go to sleep at night Ham Ressie Breaking news in the morning Breaking news at night Breaking news in the evening Making me and my baby fight Breaking news at lunchtime Breakfast and dinner too Every time I turn around Have mercy The people are so confused Hindsight is 2020 But it's breaking news today I wish it was a bad dream And things wouldn't be this way there's a pandemic growing You know it's been here before And it's just using a different name While it's kicking down your door They keep on promising me free things But nothing in this life is free It's all paid for by taxes So tell me how is it free for me Breaking news in the morning Breaking news at night Breaking news in the evening Making me and my baby fight Breaking news at lunchtime Breakfast and dinner too And every time I turn around have mercy the people are so confused The people are so confused The people are so confused Larry McRae breaking news You can find Sell behind the glass Is this a concert for us today? Incredible Michael, you didn't think we were getting a concert today. I didn't think we were getting a concert. And like you said, everyone, you just got a little taste of it. So, Larry, let them know. Where can they hear the rest of the song? Well, um, these songs, these tunes are all on my latest record, which is on Joe Bonamassa's label, KTBA, Keeping the Blues Alive. And if you go there and look up Larry McRae, you know, I'm right there. And you can find me on YouTube and uh, Instagram, Spotify. You know, so like I said, these... I'm 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 there. It's just I'm just still trying to get my message out there. Now, you're doing some pretty cool things now. Not just music. Now, now <laughs> the TV has found you, Larry. TV has found you. Well, that's kind of what brought me to Albuquerque. You know, there's a um, uh, a comedy series on Nickelodeon called The Really Loud House, and so I'm here doing some production work uh, with the people of The Loud House, and they're going to let me be a character in one of the series called Loud Loud Blues. And they needed a blues artist to play an old man who couldn't play no more because arthritis had taken his skills away. And this young girl found his guitar in the trash and she knew who it belonged to. And she took it back to him. And he like, no, 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 get away. I don't want nothing to do with it. 
But, you know, she said, well, why do you hate uh, the, the guitar's name, Evangeline? She said, why do you hate her so much? He, he said, I don't want to talk about it. She, he said, okay, and she goes to walk away. And he said, wait. He said, I'll tell you. He said, you know why I feel this way? He said, because I can't play no more. This arthritis has done took it away from me. End of story. I don't want nothing to do with it. You know, so she said, oh, you can play it. And she helps him to get some medical help and help him get his mobility back. And he's playing. Buddy Perkins is playing the blues again. Buddy Perkins yep. playing the blues again. It, you know, the journey's led you down a lot of roads, and you bring up Joe Bonamassa, man. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of you who don't know, this guy, well, how old was he, right, opening up for B.B.? Was he like 13, 14 Who, years Joe? old? Yeah. Joe, when he first opened for B.B., one but 11. Holy and he God. told me the beautiful, the most beautiful story about that. So the summer, when he was 11 years old, he went on tour and open up for B.B. King. So when he come back to school that fall, they said, well, Mr. Bonamassa, you know, Joe, what did you do for the summer? And he said, well, I've been on tour opening it up for B.B. King and all this and that now. So the teacher was almost insulted and like, you know, who you, you know who you think you fooling and this and that and other. And, you know, they, you know, wanted to get him in trouble over it. And when they went to his parents about his story, and found out that it was true. They all had to eat crow, and then they like, oh, Joe, you know, they wanted to be his friend, you know. But it's just incredible that he was such a talent mm. at such a young age. Yeah. At 11 years old, he was playing like a grown man. Larry McRae's my guest. It's ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Don't forget the Instagram, at Mike Adams 2.0. Don't forget Apple and Spotify podcasts. Now, let's let's go back. Were you a big fan of Dylan growing up, Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Oh, well, you know, like I said, I I was I was not quite old enough to know that music when it was happening, but I definitely found out about it uh afterwards. So, I was blessed enough to do uh one of Bob Dylan's songs later on on a compilation for the House of Blues label. I did uh All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan, you can, know. Can you do that right now, acoustic? Can you give that a shot? Just a little acoustic. It's been so long since I do it. I did it. I don't know if I can remember the lyrics. You, you, just even if you play. There must be some kind of way out of here. Said the Joker to the thief. There's too much confusion Can't get no relief That's as far as I... Unbelievable. <laughs> I forgot the lyrics, man. I can't, I, I can't tell you, but like I said, you know, this was, this was back in the 90s when I did that, so it's been a long time since I performed that song. But yeah, I, I, I recorded that uh, for the House of Blues label. Do, do, do you know this is incredible today? I'm sorry. This is incredible today, man. I'm, I'm like I said, Mike. I'm, I'm just blessed, man. I'm, I'm blessed to have found you. You know, look, look how we cross paths. You yeah. know, so that's, that's why I'm so grateful. Like I said, to the upbringing that I have. You know, you treat people right. You give everybody a smile, and who knows what tomorrow brings, or who knows what come back when you give that smile. Who knows what come back now? If, I, if you're gonna frown and scowl at everybody and walk around with a chip on your shoulder. 
you know, that's that's not the way. So I just try to always leave myself open to receive it if it's out there for me. Big sports fan? Oh, I love it. Yes, sir. You rooting for the Lions? It's- oh, come on, man. I'm 64 <laughs> years old. They ain't never been this far in my lifetime. You know I'm rooting for them. Well, the Lions got a big game, of course. And then who knows what happens on the other side with the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. You want to give us your picks, your prognostication? Well, you know, everything is stacked up against the home team that um, people aren't favoring them to win. But one thing for sure, they are fighters and have proved that they are fighters. And the new coach that we have now have made the guys believe that they are winners. And sometimes to be a winner, you have to get it up here in your mind first. And once you come to that position, it's just a matter of letting, letting, you know, letting nature do what it does. You know, so I think that we have a chance, and I'm just hoping that we shock the world. What Muhammad Ali said, I shocked the world. <laughs> you know, so I'm hoping that that's that's what I feel like uh, when this game is said and done. Because I have heard and been the brunt of all the jokes about the Detroit Lions over the last. 40 years out here on the road, you know, oh, you, you, Detroit. <laughs> Everybody laugh at the Lions, you know. Well, here's what's happened. The uh-huh. Pistons the Pistons have taken over the laughter now because they're they struggling. Oh. <laughs> they're struggling. And, yeah. the, and the Lions, Dan Campbell's done a great job as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think these Lions may shock the world, Micah. Some ferocious knee-biting coming up this weekend. Uh, I think that the Packers probably showed the Lions the way last week. Aaron Jones had a great game on the ground, and you have to give David Montgomery that same opportunity. I don't think that vaunted front is as nasty as people think. If Goff drops back right away, he's going to get eaten up by those ends. But if they run him down first and pass second, I think I like the Lions in an upset. Larry, I got to ask you, with, mm-hmm. with music today, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you you were around guitar legends. You were around legends. But with music today, will we ever see that again? I ask this question because I take rock music. Like, will we? will there ever be another Van Halen? Will there ever be another... Genre music, Metallica, Zeppelin, Zeppelin, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So for your music, right, the Mm -hmm. blues, Mm -hmm. it's never going to go. The blues started all genres of music. Right, right, right. And that's the beauty of the blues, right? Right, correct. But do we see these youngsters now playing the blues? Like when you came up or Joe Bonamassa came up, like is it that next level? It's it's, it's a young generation of players out there that's uh, definitely – Playing the blues, the the difference is that you know, okay, just like our popular music changed from the big band era to the electrified to you know, every every so many years the music evolves. Mm-hmm. I think what the blues music is missing mostly is the vocals of the original authentic artists. You know, so nobody sings like Muddy Waters mm. anymore. You know, and stuff like that. You know, so I was lucky enough to have a dose of that to be exposed to that music like that in an early age. So I have the roots of the post-war blues to the modern-day blues of right now, and I've been influenced by all of that, you know, in between. So I feel lucky and special about that. I do feel that um, I'm I'm one of the last living guys that, that, you know, was connected to all that, and I feel lucky to be in the position that I'm in. I just hope that the younger people that's out there playing the blues, the blues have been 
and don't uh, I hope nobody listening to me don't take me the wrong kind of way for saying it. But, you know, the blues have been saturated a little bit, too, because of all the other people that have merged in and got on the bandwagon and have slightly changed it to a certain, which is okay, because, you know, nothing without change, there's no growth. So I'm happy for that. But I just hope that there's some young person out there that uh, has the heart and soul to bring the authentic vocal style and to keep that going as well as long as the players. You got some players that have really taken guitar work to a whole nother level. There's no question about that. You have to give that to the young people. But in amongst all the fiery guitar and all the different things that people do, don't forget the heart and soul of the genre. Don't forget the soul of it. You know, the soul of it is being able to make people feel what you feel. And if you if we lose that, then I think that we we slipping ground, we losing ground. But you got young Kingfish, mm-hmm. the Kingfish Ingram that's out there playing the blues. You got uh, Eric Gills, who is just a remarkable guitarist. Joe Bonamassa, Josh Smith, uh, Chris Kane from over in San Jose. Uh, I mean, just it's, it, if you go to look for it, it's a lot of young people that can really play. But don't forget about the vocals. That's all I tell the young people. Don't forget about the authenticity of the vocals. Let me ask you this: This is a spontaneous moment, Micah, and I and I and and, and when a caliber guitarist and vocalist such as Larry McRae's in the studio, you know Mike Adams 2.0. We moved. We've been here three years. We've done over hundred of episodes. We've been doing radio a long time, but we felt like this is what we wanted to create. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. we talk sports all day long. I see. I see. But when I can bring in musicians, chefs, DJs, we've had the great American storyteller Ken Burns on the show. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. He's, he did Ali. He did Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just so glad we had this time together. Time flies. Time it, flies. We're already we're already at the end of the show. Oh my goodness! <laughs> now is it there, does fly. Can, can you take us out with just a little something and then? I'll do the outro, but I, can you can you just give us a little more sampling of the music? I'm going to play a song called No More Crying, and it's a, a song that uh, everybody can relate to because um, everybody have lost something close to them. We all live and we all die, and sometimes we turn to music for a little comfort during those times. So I'm going to try to... It's been a minute since I did this, too. I hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> I seen you walk into the room You had tears in your eyes Eyes full of sadness filled with gloom Oh, I don't want to see you cry You keep telling me you love me It's too soon for me to go But I've waited much too long to see the Lord No more crying Hear me laughing every time it rain I'm talking about No more crying And no more pain Greener passions won't go in I'm just one step away Though the memories live on 
Cause in my heart is where you stayed Well, it's hard to find the good When you lose someone you love But I'll be waiting, waiting for you there In a bitter place Cause I'm talking about no more crying No more pain I'm gonna never leave your side Cause in your heart is where I'm staying See me smiling every sunset Hear me laughing every time it rain I'm talking about no more crying And no more pain Well, it's all about no more crying and no more pain. Larry McRae, unbelievable show today. I can't thank you enough. First of all, I know how busy you are. And for you just to come in for this brief moment, right? You have, we have gotten a concert from one of the legends in Brother, Larry McRae. You know what? Uh, uh, Benny Golson, the guy who uh, wrote the song Killer Joe, Killer Joe, doom, ba -doom, ba -doom, he told me I, I got a chance to be in the, in the same room and party with him after um, a festival concert in Hungary, in Budapest. He told me, you know, we, we were like, well, Mr. Golson, you know, we're going to go and, you know, let you have your rest and everything. And th at this time, he was in his 80s. He said, uh-uh. He said, y'all ain't going nowhere. He said, this is a summit. And he said, don't know about it. He said, we didn't plan this. He said, you don't know ever when something like this will happen again. He said, this is a summit. He said, enjoy it. And them old guys set up and drunk our young butts up under the table <laughs> and, and never went to bed and got right up and caught their flight and went home, man. So I never forgot that. And people cross paths. You don't never know whose paths you're going to cross. But when you do, when it's special, you have to embrace it. So I embrace you. I'm so, look how we met. I'm so happy that we did, and I'm so happy that you were kind enough to let me come to your show. Thank you, brother. God A bless you. Absolutely, man. Thank honor. You. Honor. I want to thank Sal Behind the Glass. You do a great job. The President Joe Neal, Micah, did, did the guest list just get bigger and bigger? The guest list is incredible. You never cease to amaze me with who Mike Adams pops up in studio with. You never know who'll be here next week. I'll be in Florida following Austin Trout next week, just to let everybody know. Mike is at the BKFC tonight, bare knuckles, uh, with Donald Sanchez. Best of luck to Donald. You're off to Florida, then to Vegas, correct? Vegas in April, UFC 300. So BKFC tonight, the Prospect Series, Revel Entertainment Center, Donald Sanchez in the main event, Eric Dodson in the co-main event. Next week on the BKFC app, it's BKFC 57, the main event, the welterweight title is up for grabs. It's vacant. Either Palomino becomes a two-division champion or Austin Trout, Las Cruces' own, gets his first BKFC world title. Wow. Shout out Austin Trout. Best of luck. Uh Best of luck on the travels, Micah. Be safe. For Alyssa Ryan, Preston John Michael, my name's Mike Adams. It's Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team.